and welcome to JP Morgan at Any Rate Podcast. I'm Meera Chandan, co-head of the FX Strategy Group, and I'm joined today by Aditya Chordia, uh, our senior Euro rates strategist at uh, London. This is uh, scheduled to become a super week for Euro area rates and FX markets. Uh, we have Nord Stream 1 maintenance period coming to an end on uh, Thursday. Uh, we have the ECB on Thursday as well with its first rate hike since 2011. Uh, and potentially information around that anti-fragmentation tool. And then on top of all of this, uh, we also have the Italian political developments to boot. So of these um, three distinct issues, let's set the uh, Russia and gas one aside for now. Uh, Aditya and I did a detailed podcast uh, on this last week with our European rates, uh, with our European economists. Uh, and we had an agreement that this is the single most important issue for investors this week. Uh, in the euro area, both in FX and rates. Uh, and to briefly recap, in that podcast, we had concluded uh, that a stress scenario of complete shutdown of gas supply uh, would lead to euro dollar testing um, 90 in the absolute stress scenario uh, and for wind yields um, to go to sub 50 basis points. Now, this is not our base case, but instead risk scenarios. Uh, so let's set that aside and uh, simply note that this is going to be the most important issue for investors this week within the euro area region. Uh, instead, we want to use this podcast to unpack the other two issues, uh, which is the ECB and Italian politics. Uh, so Aditya, let's start with the ECB. Uh, what's the baseline for the rate hike? And what is the view on rate markets around that? Sure. Thanks, Mira. Uh, so as you mentioned, right, like this is the first time ECB will most likely be hiking in more than a decade. And as you mentioned, like this is one of the weeks where even though ECB is going to hike, it's not the key even like the Russian gas is, but on the ECB side, we still expect them to do 25 basis point rate hike, even though there is a very strong case for them to do 50 basis point, but clearly the risk is they do 50. From a market point of view, uh, market is still pricing a small, like some probability of 50 basis point hike for the July meeting. So I think market is pricing around 30 basis point for this meeting, so more five basis point extra. So clearly if they deliver 25, it would lead to some relief rally, but a lot depends on the medium term communication. One thing I'll stress that we have been having a very strong view that we are long euro rates versus US because we believe that ECB has a different challenge than the Fed. And that's what we are seeing over the past recent weeks that uh, in euro area, the growth challenges are not uh, the straightforward and the inflation, what we see here is very different than what we have in US. It's more supply driven, it's more gas driven. And if we are looking at a recession risk in that world, the ECB has to deliver less. I see. Now, uh, for the ECB meeting, um, it's not just about rates, isn't it? It's also about the potential anti-fragmentation tool. And uh, there is a chance we get, uh, or at least hope, that we get more information on this. Uh, what do you think specifically that investors will be looking for in rates markets as, as uh, they pass through the information on the anti-fragmentation tool? Sure, uh, definitely there is a very high expectation of ECB to deliver something on anti-fragmentation at this meeting. My view, and this is the same which our economists share, is that yes, ECB will give a strong signal or commitment to tackling unwarranted fragmentation, but we are not entirely convinced that at these there was a spread, barring let's say there is a bigger Italian political drama which plays out on Wednesday, which we can discuss later. Uh, barring that, I don't think ECB currently feel that compelled to deliver the tool now. I think they will say most likely they stand ready, they have the tool ready, but they are not compelled to deliver it now and they will deliver at the right time when it's needed. Even in the case they deliver it, 
uh, we still remain of the view that they might give you a sense that at these levels of spreads, they don't want to use it, which might be a signal to the market to test them to those levels. So the idea is that I think it will be very hard for them to proactively deliver. That's not the ECB I know. Uh, on what if they deliver a tool, what type of tool they can deliver, I think what I've been stressing in my recent conversation is like what ECB wants is not a purchase purchasing tool. What they want is a credible threat. And for credible threat, it's not about just about the details of the tool, but more important is uh, how strongly or how committed they are about the tool or how scary the tool is to the market to not test them. And for me, the credibility in this ECB setup comes from consensus, where if you have the hawkish part of the board, let's say Schnabel, Nagel, Nord, all these members come out and say, we stand behind this tool which we have announced and don't test us. I think that would be a credible tool. And again, going back to the reasoning, like why we believe we might not get it now is because it's very hard to see that consensus coming out if the markets are not testing them. So again, the key message is we still believe eventually ECB will deliver a fragmentation tool. So that's not what we are calling for. We are not calling for sovereign crisis. We believe they will deliver a tool, but it's more about how they reach there, and our view is that they have to see some market pressure to reach there instead of being proactive. So that's a good segue into Italian uh, politics. Um, that has certainly cropped up in the last week or so. Uh, five stars abstained on the confidence vote, and Draghi's offered his resignation up, which got rejected. How do you see um, the state of play in the near term? Do you think this is a game changer for markets uh, in any way? And also, what scenarios are you considering as you're thinking about um, these events unfolding in the coming days? Sure. So definitely, I think we, even we were surprised like how quickly the Italian politics drama picked up or this uncertainty uh, picked up because we were expecting something of this sort to happen in September, October, post-summer. But because you currently have the cost of living crisis going on, you have the war uncertainty, and also it's very hard to have political crisis during the summer because in a tailored scenario of an election, no one wants to do a campaign in uh, into the summer months. So the conventional wisdom was we might get some noise in September, October, but we are surprised that it came early. As things stand, uh, PM Draghi will have to go back, will return to a parliament on the Wednesday, 20 July, in order to verify he has the majority supporting his government. Uh, in practice, there will be a new confidence vote, which will force all the parties to face the consequences of their choices. Um, so as things stands, like we, our economists, see three scenarios. The most likely still remains the status quo where Draghi stays the PM. And he might have a different uh, combination in, of parties. Maybe the five star steps out and part of the five star stays with Draghi, the split position. Or uh, you have a different policy setup, but Draghi remains the prime minister. So that I call it a status quo. In that world, we pretty much remove all the political risk premium, which was priced in the markets last week. And we go back to 10 years, let's say Germany spread close to 200 basis points from current levels of 225. And then we enter ECB with the same discussion which we had before, that what they do with anti-fragmentation might push the markets wider or not. The second is the technocratic government with a limited scope. Uh, we assign a very low probability, let's say around 10% to it, because we, we find it hard to have a government, different government without Draghi in place in the current world. Uh, the other risk scenario, I think what is propping up in our scenario analysis is a 40% risk scenario of snap elections. And that is quite a disruptive event because if we go into a campaign mode election in this uncertain world, with the war going on, cost of living crisis, I think we will have a 
very big downside revision to our growth forecast for 2022 for Italy. And it will have political ramifications for the rest of the region because this will hurt the cohesiveness we need for, let's say, the response to the energy crisis and the Russia crisis. But also, it creates lots of challenges for the ECB. First, before going into the challenges for the ECB, I'll say, like, on a knee jerk, I expect 1080 Germany spread to easily widen post the rise we saw in mid June, let's say 250, 260 basis points, and continue to widen further. Because I have a very strong view that if a spread widening is driven by political risk or political risk premia, it's not something which ECB should be pushing back against. And they, in my view, they won't be using PEP reinvestment or even anti-fragmentation tool to fight against this type of widening, at least at the beginning. So in that world, we can assume that the widening will continue. Uh, so turning tables uh, around, like Mira, of those three events we discussed, which are the most relevant ones for the FX market? And what are you thinking? Like, how are you rating and what are the impacts? Sure, Aditya. So um, I would say from our point of view as well, gas uh, supplies uh, resuming at the end of the week um, is the most critical thing to look for, uh, for your, if one is thinking about uh, the future path of euro dollar. So to us, that's the singular most important event. And with the realization that uh, even if we do see a 100% resumption, uh, you know, we do see a bounce back in euro dollar because of that, say by a couple of cents or so, I think uh, it's important to keep in mind that this issue is not going away with Russia. The conflict is not going to go away. Uh, the issue of energy dependence is going to be an ongoing issue uh, as we head into the winter months. Um, so just with the recognition that the medium term story is actually still pretty bearish, uh, no matter what the outcome here um, uh, at the end of this week. Uh, ironically, um, the first ECB rate hike in more than a decade is probably going to be the least important issue for FX markets, in our opinion. Um, I think uh, a 25 basis point move would be business as usual, 50 basis points would certainly be a hawkish surprise. But I don't think that's going to be a game changer over the medium term. I mean, certainly euro dollar could uh, bounce as a result of that. But I think the ECB, as you noted, is, is quite constrained in how much hiking they're going to be able to deliver in the coming uh, months as, um, as there are issues that are outside of its control and uh, that are also gonna be impacting the growth outlook. So taking it uh, you know, with, uh, uh, with the view that the medium term narrative is not really gonna change. Uh, any color on the anti-fragmentation um, uh, tool from the ECB will instead be more important to us on Thursday um, from the ECB meeting. And around those, again, we're looking at um, the sense around uh, commitment and size and conditionality not being too onerous. And most importantly, as you said, I think the unanimity is uh, a really important part of it. If we have the most hawkish members coming out and further sense, you know, sending the message that they stand behind this unconditionally, and, and, and this is really an important um, thing for them, then, then this would be, I think, it would go a long way to quell the fears around, um, around uh, the euro and the periphery. So that's, um, that's really what uh, we would be focusing on is the anti-fragmentation, or as they're calling it now, the TPM, uh, the transmission protection mechanism. Um, and then finally, I would say the Italian politics um, are pretty important as well. Now, um, I think um, this, this adds, um, you know, the best case scenario is Draghi stays and, you know, the status quo. And then we go back to looking at gas and the medium term narrative for Euro. But the worst case scenario is if Draghi goes and we're talking about a snap elections. And in that situation, we talk, as you, as you noted, you know, if you get a 30, 40 
uh, basis point widening or larger in BTP spreads. And that gives you an additional source of stress and additional source of uh, you know, downside risks to growth that um, really the euro and the region in general doesn't really need. So um, that would only further our narrative around, um, around our bearish uh, euro dollar view, which we continue to maintain. Lastly, Mira, what's the key trade you have for this week? So look, I mean, uh, key trades, we've been recommending a bearish euro view for, uh, for almost all of this year. Uh, I would say, you know, we're trying, to, we're trying to look at it through the lens of magnitudes of how these different stress scenarios could really impact the euro dollar. Uh, gas, we've already discussed, as I said, you know, the market price is in 50% odds of, um, of uh, Russia supply going to zero. Uh, then, uh, you, you know, we think that euro dollar goes to 95 uh, in an absolute stress scenario, you know, that could that could go down to 90, but obviously we're not calling for that at the moment. Um, I think ECB, as I said, um, I, I, you know, don't really much expect on um, uh, a lot of sustained reactions on rate hikes. I would say if, uh, if uh, the TPM or the anti-fragmentation tool uh, satisfies uh, the qualitative uh, requirements of uh, you know that is needed by uh, by BTP market participants. Then I think that takes off an additional source of stress uh, for for the euro. But as a rule of thumb, every twenty basis points of widening in uh, BTPs is usually worth uh, you know um, is worth around a one one and a half cents of euro dollar at least in recent history. So if you're talking about a forty basis point type widening, either because of um, the Italian uh, political stress or because of uh, uh, non-delivery on, on the TPM, um, then that basically adds another uh, one and a half to maybe three cents of downside to Euro. So we're taking it, uh, we're taking it more through, um, you know, because of the number of events um, that there are this week, taking it more through the lens of scenario analysis. And on the other hand, if you take a look at the upside scenarios, you know, that um, I think if even if we do get gas getting resumed at the end of the week or we get an ECB 50 basis point hike, these are just not medium term structural bullish drivers for euro dollar because um, uh, these question marks around energy dependence, around a cyclical underperformance relative to the US and uh, ECB under delivery versus the Fed are just not issues that are going away anytime soon. So, um, uh, so that's, you know, that's really what's informing that asymmetry is really what's informing a bearish view on uh, euro dollar. That's uh, that's all for us. Thank you so much for joining ahead of this very event-packed week. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Uh, please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures, 2022 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on July 18, 2022.